0: Happiness I see When we're out together Dancing cheek to cheek I'm in heaven And the cares that come around me Through the leaves Seem to vanish Like a gambler's life When we're out together (laughs) the dancing chinter tea Let's hear it for the sound guy. All right, just hang in there. Well, good morning, all. Those of you here, those of you out there, and uh, we're glad you came. My name is Ed Hires. I'm one of the pastors here at Shiloh, and we have been in a new series entitled The Names of God, and last week, Pastor Greg brought a message on the name Jehovah Rapha, great message, great testimony during that. If you haven't listened to it, go online. You will love it. Um, but I thought today I would let you know today's uh, uh, name of God is Jehovah Shama. Jehovah Shammah. And what does it mean? God is there. So two weeks ago, Steve brought a message, and it was on a name of God that was really difficult, right? So he had gray come up at the end, and he said, give me that dish. And that's how we remember the name, right? Make a dish come. All right, so I figured, huh, I can do that. So here's what I want you to remember this by. There's a very, very southern mom that lives in the south. She has a very southern son, and she asked that son to do something. And he said, Shema, Think like that, Steve. <laughs> all right. So this name, Jehovah Shema, is only found once in the Bible. It's in the Old Testament. It's in Ezekiel. And it's the very last uh, line of the book of Ezekiel. Now, you may wonder, why is that? Well, the book of Ezekiel is not something you read when you're having a bad day. All right? It's full of judgments and prophecies against Israel for all they're doing wrong. And and God gives these, not only for Israel, but for surrounding nations as well. But for the Israelites, at the end of this whole book, it was very comforting to them to hear Ezekiel actually come out with something positive. And see, one of the issues back then was God had deserted Israel. He had left Jerusalem. He had turned them over to their sin. But at the end, he says that I will come and be with you in Jerusalem and will live there forever. I will be there, Jehovah Shammah. But you see, it means much more to us today. The New Testament makes this name of God, brings great insight, great comfort to us through this, and we're going to develop that more. And it also shows that who is that God that's going to be there? To us, we know this. It's Jesus the Messiah that is going to come with God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, they're going to live in that uh, city eternally and you and I are going to be there with them. So, now, lo, let's concentrate on how does this bring comfort to us? So the name of our message today, first one won't seem strange to you, cheek to cheek, all right? Or you get to choose one today, dancing through life. Now, you might be wondering, what does that have to do with the message of Jehovah Shammah? Well, I'm going to tell you, but before that, we're going to do a little quiz. I always do quiz quizzes after my uh, either songs or videos. So, who is featured in that video? Come on. As long as you're over 70, you know that. How many people here have never heard of Fred Astaire? Yeah, I know it. <sighs> so, and when was the song first sung or produced? You won't know this. Yeah, it was the 30s, 34. But here you go. One of the most famous movies are Fred and Ginger. What was the name of the movie? Top Hat. Who said that? All right. Very good. Very good. Um, And by the way, just so you know, it was number one on the hit parade back then, that hit parade, in 1935. So uh, just so you know. Just so you know. So uh, we think about this name of God, meaning God is there, and we're going to begin defining that word there. And what does it mean? It means at that place or position, there, okay? Wherever there is, it's a position or a place. So I love the video. I think the video gives us some insight into this name of Jehovah Shama, but while it was a good video, I think nothing is better than an in-person example, in-person So I'm going to demonstrate dancing cheek-to-cheek with someone. Would someone like to volunteer for that position? Yes, I see this woman in the front row. Wow. Now, in order to demonstrate cheek-to-cheek... See it doesn't say cheek to chest. That's what it would be. It's been tough growing up together. Every slow dance, you know, I can't talk to her. She's way down here. All right. (laughs) So we're going to demonstrate this. And I want you to pay attention to this. Hi, sweetheart. Hi. So, So here's a question. Is she there? Is she still there? Is she still there? <laughs> Is she still there? Thank you, sweetheart. Yes, here for her. All right. So, pictures worth a thousand words, as they say. See, when we were standing there, (laughs) when we were standing there and we were facing each other, okay, that represented a time in my life or your life when we were walking very close with God. We knew He was there. We had this great sense He was there. But at times, we turn our back on Him. Not that we no longer, not, not that we don't believe in Him any longer. Not that, not that we don't kind of know that he should be there, but we are choosing something or someone over our relationship with him. We're looking to something or someone through the eyes of the perspective of the world, not through the eyes of God. But sometimes in our lives, we choose to walk away from our relationship with him. We have gone even further, further from what we know God would have us to do or what he expects of us, but we choose something or someone over him. Sometimes we go far away from God, caught in something that has taken God out of our thoughts. And for some of us, we would believe taking him out of our lives. But here's what I want to ask you, because this is an important question. What was the most significant thing about that demonstration. She followed me. She was always, always there. I couldn't see her, but she was there. In every case, God always chooses to come close to you, regardless of your actions, regardless of where you find yourself, regardless of how far you've walked away. He's still there. He remains Jehovah Shammah. Psalm 139 says this, I can never be lost to your spirit. I can never get away from my God. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the place of the dead, you're there. If I ride the morning winds to the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me. Your strength will support me. If I try to hide in the darkness, the night becomes light around me. For even darkness cannot hide from God. To you the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are both alike to you. See, when you walk in the light, when I walk in the light or darkness, when I seem to have permanently lost my relationship with the God I love, going down to the the dead, the place of the dead, he is still Jehovah Shammah he is there. You see, at some point in your life, I pray that you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You made a decision at a point in your life to say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose again from the dead and you're my only way to get to heaven. And if you haven't said that, this is your day you want to experience Jehovah Shema, we're going to give you a chance to do that. Because when you've done that, you get promises in the Word of God. And one of those is found in Deuteronomy 31.8. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. In Joshua nine, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. See, if you're walking with God right now and you've got that face-to-face relationship, you're cheek-to-cheek with him, that's awesome. But let me tell you from experience, be on guard, because the enemy would love to change that. But perhaps you're not walking close with God. Perhaps you've turned away, maybe even walked away. Maybe you're being drawn away by someone in your life, a relationship that you know is not good for you. Or maybe you're drawn away by something like lust or pornography. Or maybe you're being unfaithful to a spouse. Perhaps you have an addiction problem. Maybe you have an anger problem. Maybe you've lost a loved one and you've had a hurt so deep that it's hard for you to describe and you've wondered God, where are you? Maybe you've even blamed God. You see, if those issues cause you to think God is not there for you, if that's how you feel, that God is not Jehovah Shama to you, this next slide then is very, very, very important. You're totally and completely wrong. All right? Totally and completely wrong. I hope I can... Say things today, and I pray the Holy Spirit, more importantly, will, will say this to your heart and your situation that he is there. See, wrong is the definition, if you look it up, not correct or true and dishonest. So as we look at this definition, not correct, that's pretty simple. Everybody gets that. It's not correct. It's wrong. But what about this not honest? Okay, well, let me put that in a spiritual context. The Bible says that Satan is, what, the father of all liars, all right? And he tries to get us, as best he can, this idea that God is no longer for us, that God is not with us, that God has left us or forsaken us. And the Bible warns about this very thing in John 10.10, 10, very well-known scripture. What? The thief's purpose is to steal, to kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. You see, whether you turn from God because you have shame or sin, perhaps you you have just been angry at God, maybe even apathy or prosperity, interestingly enough, can get us to turn away. But it doesn't matter. He remains, always remains Jehovah Shammah. He was, is, and always will be there. Why? Because in his word we just read, he promised to be God does not lie. See, Greg made a very important statement. I love this statement last week as part of his message. He said, When things go wrong, it's not testing God's faithfulness, right? It's testing our faithfulness, our faith. And that was really important because what he used the example there was the, the Israelites had just come through the Red Sea. They watched a the whole sea part. And you know how when seas? Part. Have you ever been when, when tides go out? What's the ground like? Wet, mucky, you can hardly get through, but it was dry ground. They saw a miracle of miracles, and then they watched the Egyptians get covered with the water. But not long after that, not long after they were ecstatic, they ended up grumbling and moaning. Why? They didn't have any water. So the gods that separate the whole sea grounds the Egyptians, somehow or other, they're not believing he's going to ultimately supply them with water. And they start grumbling and groaning, saying, God, where are you? God, where are you? But they weren't just questioning Moses, they were questioning God, taking a position that so many of us take in those difficulties. God, God, where are you? See, I believe everyone, you, me, everyone, at some point questions where God is when we go through certain things in our lives. You know, I have several, and my son will sometimes tell me, Dad, you've used that multiple times. So here's my thought on that, okay? For some of you, it's new. For other ones, you're old, you don't remember. And for the few that don't remember, repetition is the highest form of learning, the saying goes. Okay, so one of my daughters, young, It's attacked by Nikita. We're in a different town. I don't know where the hospitals are. We're getting directions. I got it wrapped in a towel. The blood's coming through the towel. I don't know what's going on, but I don't think we have long. We get to the hospital, 56 stitches to the face later. You know, the doctor comes out and says, everything's fine. But I will tell you, quarter of an inch, she'd be dead. Quarter of an inch. My daughter had a fear. She had a fear for some reason that when she would come in to our bedroom, we had a deck that there was a wolf on the deck looking to attack her. In some ways, this was her worst fear. And guess what it did? It got her over fear. Don't ask me how. But she was over fear after that. She went on to ride huge horses (laughs) and nothing twice about it. But then we went through an issue with Barb, breast cancer. You know, it, it... it just always seems like it's happening to somebody else, not you. And I love my wife, and I don't know what life would be like without my wife. I really don't. We are sure, truly one. But I was faced with, the, uh, with just this thought about what would you do if she doesn't come through it? Now, I believe God. I prayed. I know she was going to be healed in my heart. That was at least my prayer. But I wondered. And it, it helped me actually get into a position where I had to realize, God, you'll take care of me. Even if that happens, you'll take care of her if I go first. At one point in time, a church I had built and worked tirelessly in, devoted thousands of my, my hours to and my family as well, suddenly was not a church that I could be in and, and for many situations was demising. And, and that just was so tough. God, where are you? We've had years of, of watching you move in this place. Benefit to that? Shiloh. What a great, great outcome. At one point, I'm on the verge of losing my business. Everything's going away, and I am just beyond, beyond sad and discouraged and depressed and fearful, and God just speaks to me. Can I have your business if I want it? I said yes, and he turned everything around. See, in every one of these difficult times, God was always truly there But I couldn't feel him. I couldn't see him. But the outcomes could only have been accomplished by God. That's the experience we have to draw on. The Israelites never remembered. We can't be that way. We have to know that God is there. You see, referring back to that cheek-to-cheek demonstration that we went through, I know Barb loves me, right? I know that she is devoted to me. I know she is always there for me, even when I can't physically see her. When I lay in bed at night, and it's dark, and I can't see anything, I know she's still there. She's still laying next to me. And no, it's not just because she's snoring. Sorry, honey. That'll probably cost me, by the way. I'm going to know she's there after the service. (laughs) We sang a song today. I asked John to sing this because it fit this so well. And it was Waymaker. I love the song anyway. It's ministered to me many times. And it goes like this. Miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. But this is what I love. Even when I don't see you, you're working. Even when I can't feel you, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop you never stop working. God is always with you, always, even when you can't feel him, even when you can't see his work in your life. See, when we feel God hasn't shown up in a difficult situation, that's when we need to realize he was already there before you arrived. John 1.14 says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. That scripture is extremely hard for us to understand with a human brain and emotions. That is a magnificent scripture that is so hard to grasp the import of that. The very God of all creation comes down and takes on a human body, allows other humans to brutally murder him. Well, actually, no one could take his life. He gave it. But the fact of the matter is, he did that for the very people doing that to him. Unbelievable. And here's the thing. He chose to dwell among us. That's why he did that. You see, God didn't do that so you could get close to him. He did that, why? So he could get close to you. And not only that, you talk about cheek to cheek. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. That's close. Okay, that's close. You know, as a pastor, I'm frequently with people that are hurting, that some of them going through very difficult times. And this past week, I was with a couple friends of mine, and they had suffered a tragic loss in their life. And I was there mainly just to cry with them and to encourage them. And they said to me, Ed, you're a pastor. Tell us, where was God? I'm angry at God because he allowed this to happen. It wasn't the time to give a spiritual theology dissertation, but I was able to just say to them, this wasn't at the hands of God. He loves you. He'll be there for you. You will see that in the days, the weeks, the months ahead. He is not a God of judgment, for you as children. He is a God of mercy, grace, and love. Psalm 23, 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel, fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. How many people have read that scripture 400 times, about 4,000 times? But here's something I don't know whether you've always seen. It says what? Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Shepherds always carried two things with them during the daylight hours when they were outside of the sheep pen with their sheep. They carried a rod and they carried a staff. The rod was used to beat away animals that wanted to kill the sheep, never used on a sheep, only used to protect the sheep from enemies. OK The staff was what the shepherd used didn 't have herding dogs. He would just use that to tap the sheep to get them what? Into the sheep pen at night, because when he couldn't see if the sheep were out, he couldn't use the rod and protect them. So he brought them into the sheep pen, both of those. You see, but the Bible says to us, this is what they compare Jesus to. They said, he is the good shepherd, and he comes, he's there. He uses a rod against your enemies and his enemies, and he uses staff to get you into the protection of his arms and his love. He is your refuge. He is your strength. God is our refuge and strength, a very pleasant help in trouble, Psalm 46.1. You know, I love this because it doesn't say he's present. What? It says he is very present. Thank you, Pastor Greg. God has been with me through all the difficult times in my life, and I dare say he's been with you not only in the difficult times of your life past, but he is there in the present. So I'm gonna give you one illustration. I've shared a very little bit about this, um, but I'm gonna share more. Not easy for me to share about this, I don't like to, but at age 15, I was diagnosed with scoliosis, a curvature of the spine. And that was devastating to me because I played basketball and I don't know what they do today because I haven't played basketball, obviously, competitively for a while. But we had gang showers. So the whole team was in there showering at the same time. Kids aren't always nice. They're not always nice. It was tough for me going through those years. You know, and it progressed. And then at age 25, I was diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis. Whoopee. It's a form of rheumatoid arthritis. And at that point in time, the doctor took me aside and said, look, I'm going to be honest with you. Most cases like yours, especially with your scoliosis, you are probably going to be in a wheelchair at some time in the future. I just don't know when. That's not easy to tell a 25-year-old who uh, thinks he has his whole life ahead of him in a very normal, natural way. And for the next probably uh, 10 years, I suffered pain. I'm telling you, I would walk and cry because I didn't want to cry. It's just the pain was so bad. I believed in God. I trusted God. I wasn't going to let it put me down because I trusted in Him. But it was tough. In, the, in, in addition to all that, the cosmetic changes. Already had the scoliosis, now getting uh, arthritis. I'd have people say, oh, what's wrong with your hands? By the way, if you ever see someone's hands that are, don't ask them that. Not a good question. All right? Not a good question. So, in addition to that, as I went on, it just the enemy beat on me because I was saved in the 70s. There was a move of the Spirit like I'd never seen before. And guess what? One of the things that was going on, healing. And guess what? I was an elder, and I would lay hands on the sick, and guess what? They would be healed. I laid hands on one person that had arthritis, prayed for them, and they were healed. And what did I say? Hello? Hello? But it wasn't just that. It was that I had to get up and preach at a time when healing was absolutely at the forefront of everyone's mind, and I looked and wasn't physically healed. It was tough, but God gave me courage and strength, and that was how he was there. He allowed me to refuse to let that drive me away. That's what I owe him more more than the healing. He allowed me to not define myself by that. And it's interesting, because at about 35 years old, I went into remission. Damage was already done, but I was, for the most part, pain-free. And fast forward to last week, right? I'm at my rheumatologist, and um, he has an intern with him. And I see him about every six months, just for checkups. And uh, he has the intern, and he calls up my x-rays on a screen there. And he said, I want you to look at this. Look at these. They're a total mess. I said, hello, I'm here. I'm in the room. Oh, sorry. And he said, but look at him. He doesn't in any way represent his x-rays. He should be in significant pain. He should have a difficult time with mobility. This is very amazing. That was his word. I said, no. No. It's a miracle. Yes, yes. And he said, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> but over my life, that has nagged me. It's still tough for me cosmetically. It's, you know, whatever. And, and God has given me victory. He's been there all the time for me. It is something, and I don't want to get into this. Everybody's got different theology. But there were some things about my personality and my approach to life that needed to be changed for me to do what God had for me to do. And and I don't want to get into theology, but I will tell you this. God did use that to bring me to a different place. You see, the word says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am Jehovah Shammah know that I am there, always there. See, we struggle at some point in our lives, all of us. Some are really big. Some are really small. But regardless, we struggle, and we feel the weight of problems. We rush around trying to find solutions. But Jehovah Shammah says, He's still. I'm there See, God's love for you and for me compels him to be there. Romans says this in chapter 8, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, angels or demons, present nor future, any powers, neither height nor depth, anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So I'm gonna end this by giving you a dancing lesson. But it's not a normal dancing lesson, because that would be painful for you, but it's a spiritual, it's a spiritual dancing lesson. So I'm gonna give you three rules, three important rules for learning how to spiritually dance. First of all, number one, pick a good partner. Okay, a good partner helps you to learn to be better. Pick someone that's better than you, and they'll teach you. So I would submit to you that if you want a dance partner, I'd pick Jesus. Okay, Jesus is the best dance partner, and he's always asking you to dance. Matthew 11, 28, 29, Jesus said, come to me. All of you are weary, heavy, and have heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls and the ability to dance better. All right. The EH EH version. Rule number 2. Rule number 2. Someone has to lead. All right, someone has to lead. During tough times, sometimes even during good times, we are tempted to want to lead in our own life. We are tempted to take things into our own hands. And I will tell you from experience, that's a bad decision. That doesn't normally work out well. And this is what it says in Psalm 37. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. And rule number three, you gotta hold on. You gotta hold on. When you're dancing, you gotta hold on. Hebrews 10 says, we must hold on to God's promise that we have said we believed and we must never let go. He has promised and he will do it. Wow, I am out of time, huh? So here's what we're gonna do, and a little more quickly, if that was okay with you. When God gives a message to one of us, I believe it's more than just, oh, that was nice. It's because he knows there are people here or you listening in that have a need to hear this. And here's the other thing we need to do. It's not just hearing only, the word says, it's our actions. And today I wanna pray for you who are sitting here and said, Ed, I need to realize God is there for me. I've lost some sight of that. I need to turn around I need to find a way to be back cheek to cheek. I need to give up something in my life. I need to believe him for something in my life. I need to get over something in my life. I have to walk away from someone in my life. I don't care how big it is. I don't care how small it is. But here's what the word says. That if we pray for one another, we will be healed. But it takes us praying for one another. So here's what I'm going to ask. In just a minute, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. If you're experiencing a need to believe that God is Jehovah Shammah, that he is there for you. And I'm going to ask those that see the raised hands around them, which we're hoping there'll be a raised hand, I believe there will be, uh, to pray for them, if you would. So I'm going to raise my own hand, and I'm going to come down and be prayed over. If that's you, would you raise your hand? If you're going through something right now, you say, God, I need to have you there. See the hands. Come on. See the hands. Amen. Amen. See the hands. Now look around you, people, so you see where these hands are. All right, And we're going to just take a moment, and I'm going to ask you that are sitting around them to gather around them and just pray. You don't have to ask what it is. Just pray. Keep your hands up for just a moment so people can find you. want to release the parents to go that need to go get their children and if you are praying continue to pray just keep in an attitude of prayer if you don't mind if you need to leave please do so silently we thank you for today Jehovah.